The Highlander Podcast is brought to you by Outdoor Product Design and Development, a four-year undergraduate degree focused on training the next generation of product creators for the sports and outdoor industries. Learn more at opdd.usu.edu. The Highlander Podcast is sponsored by the Outdoor Recreation Archive, a collaboration between OPDD and USU Special Collections to preserve the history and print materials of the people, products, and brands of the outdoor industry. Follow the archive at Outdoor Rec Archive on Instagram. The Highlander Podcast is sponsored by the Utah Outdoor Association, a business association focused on elevating Utah's outdoor industry through educational programming and events. Their membership consists of Utah's outdoor manufacturers, retailers, outfitters, and guides. Member benefits include networking opportunities, recruitment of talent, and brand promotion. More information about volunteering and membership is available at utahoutdoor.org. On this episode, we talk with Lisa Doherty, Content Director at Range About Mushrooms. We talk about their rising popularity and how they are increasingly being used as a material in consumer products, starting with mushroom leather. All right. So welcome back, everyone. This is Chase, and joining me today is Lisa Doherty for round two, uh, the content director at Range, creative consultant and researcher, among many other other, other things. Mushroom connoisseur. I didn't know. <laughs> um, we're going to talk mushrooms today um, for our second conversation, but I appreciate you taking the time and, and doing all this incredible research on on. Um, on mushroom that's becoming a material that designers are, are using. So thanks for taking time. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm super excited to explore the weird and wonderful world of mushrooms with you today. So why mushrooms for you? Like, what is it about mushrooms just in general? You said that you've always been interested in them, but what is it about them? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if everybody, everybody saw the movie like Fantasia growing up, but you know, there's like a lot of really beautiful imagery in that movie. And there's a particular scene where there are like all of these mushrooms that they don't have any faces. They don't have any limbs, but they're like so beautiful, like dancing around and like, they're just, they're just mystical. They're like magical. Right. So I think that that's maybe where it started. Um, as a child, but in my adult life, um, I live in Portland, Oregon. So I'm really lucky and I'm able to access nature, um, quite easily. And I become a forager. So every, um, fall I always head out to go foraging for chanterelle mushrooms. And it's one of my favorite hobbies, uh, favorite seasonal hobbies. And, um, yeah, I've been doing that for like, maybe like eight years now. So yeah, I don't know. I love to engage with them. I love to, um, I love to eat them. I love, oh, I have this little like light here. Like I have like a little like nightlight that's a mushroom too. And like, I don't know, they're just so beautiful and magical. And I think that they offer some really creative solutions for the fashion industry. Um, so yeah, I know I'm super excited to dig into this topic because I think they, um, they may, they might save the world. Who knows? Um, some people believe that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. <laughs> uh, you really, you really, mushrooes are it. 
you really set the stage with that that tease. They may save the yeah. world. I'm interested yeah. to get into this more, but I like I didn't know what a mushroom foray was until like I met some people who love mushrooms, and then I went mm-hmm. on a mushroom foray for black morel mushrooms here in Utah. Yes. So yeah. I didn't know it was such a big deal. What where you can't be the only person. Obviously, you're not the only person who has this interest yeah. um, in mushrooms, but um, where do you? like other people gravitate to them for a variety of reasons, but they've always had this like mystic quality to them. Like, where do you think that comes from? Like maybe we can get into like the origins of yeah. that, why other people are interested. Yeah. In yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot of entry points in terms of like um, being interested in mushrooms, but I think, you know, for us in America, in North America, I think we're so interested in them because um, they haven't been a big part of our culture specific, like specifically like in Western culture. Um, uh, let me back up a little bit. So mushrooms have like a really versatile and like resilient history in like Asia and Latin America, specifically with like indigenous communities, um, with food, medicine, um, you know, they're very popular in those cultures, but in Western culture, um, it got dismissed and primarily it was because of the medicinal psychedelic properties of it. Um, I have a really cool quote here that I just wanted to read from uh, researchers, Paul Stamets and Heather's wiki. And it kind of like embodies like the Western um, mentality of like mushrooms. And I just want to read that really quick. So some mushrooms can feed you, some can heal you, some can kill you, and some can send you on a spiritual journey speaks of their diverse chemical constituents from an evolutionary and survival point of view. It is safer to avoid that, which is poorly understood yet so powerful. And, you know, when medicinal mushrooms like came to the West, it was, it was shut down immediately. And, and I think that this quote like kind of embodies that perfectly. Um, So, you know, we weren't investing in any research when it came to medicinal mushrooms. Um, we just knew that they were really powerful, but weren't willing to explore that anymore. Um, so then you saw laws and regulations, which actually restricted our ability to even learn about mushrooms in the ways that we wanted to, because there were laws and regulations in place. Um, but despite that, like in the sixties and the, in the seventies, you know, like counterculture, like we love counterculture, um, counterculture typically becomes the mainstream. Um, but in counterculture, you know, people were using medicinal mushrooms like with the green light from Big Brother or without the green light from Big Brother or Big Pharma, you know. So people were exploring it on their own and scientists and researchers were doing it like under the radar. Um, so, you know, we were still moving forward and like exploring and, and utilizing them as medicinal mushrooms, um, you know, anyway. Right. Um, But in terms of like how it shows up in our lifestyles, like, you know, that's like medicine, pretty specific to like medicine um, and like wellness and stuff like that. But in terms of like our lifestyle um, over the years, we've like seen people like opt to go for a meat, like a meatless diet. So like we're seeing a lot, a lot of people consuming more mushrooms too, as like a plant-based alternative. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like, fresh out the gate mushrooms in in america were like you know they they just they weren't um they weren't acceptable from a a medicinal standpoint and i think over the years like we're getting 
we're getting comfortable with them, we're, we're investing in the research and stuff like that. So there's a lot of movement in terms of like how mushrooms are showing up in the world. Um, they're showing up in our, in our diets, they're showing up in our medicines. Um, and now it's carrying over into like other variables, like products and stuff, which we'll get into, but, um, you know, so there's starting to pop up everywhere. Right. And I just, I, and I also want to say that like fashion imitates lifestyle. So like as, as mushrooms start to enter our lifestyles from all these different directions, of course, fashion is going to mimic that. Right. right. When, what time period are we talking about? I mean, you've talked about like sixties and seventies, um, like from that perspective, mushrooms becoming, uh, more used, um, like on the, from the, like a psychedelics perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like, is that when mushrooms really started to enter more of like the Western culture, people started to become more familiar with them? Is that really when it started or, or was there any movement earlier on? Or earlier I think, on? well, like I said, like, I, I think that it's kind of been simmering over the years and that counterculture, um, like that's what counterculture is. Right. So it's like, doing things even without the approval of big brother you know what i mean so i I think it's always been there but over the year you know when you when you look at like the different markets in which like mushrooms are showing up um i mean like yeah i mean specifically with wellness i want to say like 2009 2010 it might have been earlier than that um but we started to see like mushrooms show up in like a you know like adaptogens and like tinctures and stuff so people were were putting it in their teas so it kind of went it went from like medicinal it's still medicinal if you look at it from a wellness with a wellness lens like it's still medicinal it's just a little bit more um you know it's just uh what's the word that I'm looking for? It's just like, it, it becomes a little bit more main. It's like uh, palatable. You know what I mean? Like putting like a mushroom in your tea yeah, is like palatable. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in terms of like mushrooms showing up in different markets, um, I think it varies on the market. You know, I think like the wellness industry, like really spearheaded it in terms of like using it medicinally, but in a creative or a different way. And then like in the 1970s, like we saw like, um, there's a there's a particular lamp called the Murano lamp that's like shaped like a mushroom and that was really popular so like that's an interesting thing to look at in terms of like how mushrooms were showing up in the home like in the in the form of a lamp um and then when you get to yeah like the 60s and 70s like the medicinal like psychedelic components of the mushrooms like start to get a little bit more of um airtime um yeah so yeah, I, it's been simmering over the last years or the, the last like few years. Um, and it, and I think it varies depending on the market. And I, I think the fashion industry um, is catching up to it, right? So again, like we're seeing it show up in like uh, the commercial space now and the fashion space now. And it's reflective of the lifestyle choices that we've been making over the years, like last year in Oregon, like psychedelics were, are decriminalized and we're looking at potentially having like psilocybin service centers, like in, you know, Oregon in 2023. Um, so that's like major and the pandemic, of course, like, you know, really projected us into, um, 
kind of exploring mushrooms a little bit more like as we went to our gardens and as we went to our favorite hiking trails and started um researching them and and, and checking out like what their benefits were and stuff like that so you know again it's been simmering throughout the years different timelines for each market specifically but the pandemic really pushed mushrooms to the forefront across variables mm. i just think about like I, this was maybe pre-pandemic or maybe really early on. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but like I bought my mom one of those boxes, like you can buy them on Amazon, right? Or just yeah. online. Like you can buy a box of mushrooms, you open the front, you missed them, and then they grow out of yes. the box just on your counter. And like, it's that, that availability leads to a familiarity, which leads to, oh, like I can eat this, but I could also use this to make things, right? It's like, as you become more familiar with something, as it's more available, that leads to people experimenting, right? Experimenting for different uses. And, and that seems to be where we start getting into the, like the mushroom leather side of things, you know, building right. on, on medicinal wellness. And now like, how do we make consumer products out of these things, right? Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Do you, any other thoughts before we jump into the material side of things? And like, how, how did we go from ingesting these things to now I want to wear them, right? I don't, do you have any other thoughts before we take that leap? Yeah. I mean, like, that's a great question. Like, how did we get from like eating them? Uh, not just eating them though, but like having them right. in our homes. And like, um, again, I think that lifestyle, like fashion mimics lifestyle um, and you know, when we're starting to like consume a lot of something, like whether it be like literally like consuming it by eating it or consuming it by purchasing it, um, like you said, we, we cultivate a relationship with that. So then things around us start to mirror that, right? So like, again, like I have like this mushroom, like uh, nightlight and um, you start to incorporate it into your lifestyle a little bit more. So I think from a consumer perspective, um, again, consuming mushrooms in so many different ways. Like if you, you find ways to bring it into your life a little bit more, like yeah. eating it more into the home or like whatever it is that it looks like. Um, so, you know, when we get to like 2021, like the fashion industry specifically, um, utilizing mushrooms as like a material to like, uh, and, um like an innovative material it's like the fashion industry what makes up like 10 percent of like carbon emissions or something like that so like the fashion industry is now exploring different ways um primarily like plant-based or regenerative alternatives to materials um and i think the fashion industry um is catching up to the benefits of mushrooms like not just medicinal not just um like all these other categories that we've been talking about, but um, we're really starting to understand mushrooms as material and like the benefits of it, um, you know, and, and fashion's playing around with it a little bit more now. Right. I, I'm trying to think of like a parallel to like this material. Like, is there any other material that's similar in its rise of popularity? Like I, I'm thinking of like hemp, right. Becoming more generally mm. accepted or popular yeah. in that way. Like, is, are there other materials that kind of follow this similar trajectory of like, we're using them in different forms, consuming them in different forms, and then they 
become a part of like our, our fashion and, and products that we purchase, like consumer products. Is there yeah. anything similar? Is hemp yeah. kind of the closest? I think that? like hemp is it. Like, I think like hemp is like the cousin, mm. right? <laughs> like I think, but I think like the link between the two is that they're, um, it brings us back to nature, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, we're turning back to nature in so many different ways right now. And we're looking at nature and we're looking at the pro- like the processes, like the natural processes in nature and learning from those as well, right? So it's like, no, we, we kind of have like this back to nature mentality, like as a culture right now. And I, and as an industry too, like we're going back to like this, like back to the earth kind of mentality. So yeah, no, I love that you brought up hemp because I think it's like the perfect example of that. But I think the common thread between them is that it's nature-based. We're good. We're getting back to natural materials and trying to get away and backpedal a little bit and like undo the harm that we've done to the earth so far. Right. This is all happening within the larger context of this like conversation around like, especially within the outdoor industry, what, what is the better approach? Like, do you use um, petroleum-based materials that will mm-hmm. last forever? And hopefully like it's a product that you will use for a long time, or do you use um, more natural materials that maybe will break down easier, don't have like as significant of an impact, but maybe you have to buy more of them or, or, uh, you know, again, that's, there's a lot to unpack there alone, but yeah. like, I guess this conversation is kind of happening within that larger battle between like um, synthetic and, and natural materials. Right. Absolutely. Like how much, yeah. how much does that influence like, um, investment companies are making, right? Co- companies are recognizing this this battle that's happening. Like, how much is that driving them to look for new sources of organic materials to to use? Oh. That could be the next big thing. It is happening. It's happening right now, right? Yeah. Because because consumers want it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like consumers, um, we're we want to go back to the earth in every facet of our lives, and um, we're we're also like consumers want better alternatives. And I think that that's what it really comes down to as well. It's like, we want better options. Like we want to feel good about the things that we buy. Um, we want to like, we just want to feel good (laughs) on all levels. Like we want to feel good, like in our bodies, we want to feel good in our minds and we want to feel good about the purchases that we make. And consumers are, um, are just so smart and they're able to research and they want transparency and they want to know what is going into the products and they you know like there's a level of like responsibility and accountability that i think consumers are carrying now than uh more than ever before like they really do care so of course brands are going to be paying attention to that and they're adapting and it's not enough anymore to make um you know, leggings from water bottles anymore. It's about starting from the source and really reconsidering your production process um, and starting there versus, you know, like making a product and then trying to troubleshoot and get rid of those materials after it's already made. When we go back to natural processes or mimic natural processes, then that, that challenges us to question, you know, like, where is this coming from or how does this get started and how do 
it, it like how does this help us like complete the cycle of this product right if it's already from the earth right yeah brands talk a lot about innovation and we talk a lot about innovation in our design program and 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 sometimes that word just gets diluted right and it loses mm-hmm. its meaning um because we talk about innovation but then we're we're recycling you know water bottles into new clothing right which is cool um but does it completely like change everything about the products that we're creating like I think as soon as you start going to like the material level and you start working with those tier one, tier two, tier three suppliers, and you start digging into like the, the building blocks of the materials of your products that or that you're going to be building your products out of, like that's where like there's real opportunity for innovation. And that's, what's so exciting about like these alternative materials who, mm-hmm. who like which company was the first company to really take the leap, right? Like it, it's gotta be, a unique company that, or like, who, who is the one that like takes that first step and experiments with, with mushroom leather? Were there smaller companies that were playing around with this idea? Um, was it something that happened at a university that then spun out into a, into a larger company? Like what, like yeah. who made that first like viable mushroom based product? Yeah. So I, I want to back up just a little bit and say, um, you know, like plant-based materials have been in the works for years. Um, you know, like in 2016, we saw um, like Pina text, which is a plant leather made from pineapples or pineapple leaves. Uh, we also saw um, apple leather come out. And I just, I want to just like um, sit with leather for a second because like, I didn't realize until I was like looking into um, the research more, but like leather has really become this like landscape for kind of this plant-based experimental. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just become a, a space to experiment with these plant-based materials, which is like really, really cool. Um, but, you know, I just want to say that like plant-based materials have been in the works for a long time or a while. Um, but in terms of the use of mushrooms specifically, like it's happening right now. Right. right. Like we're, we're experiencing it in real time. Um, in 2020, we saw, uh, you know, the biotech company bolt threads introduced Milo on leather, which is the first mushroom leather. Um, it's a mushroom based material made from mycelium. Um, and it's made from the underground roots of mushrooms. So mushrooms have a really, really impressive root system and they're very connected and um, expansive and they're just like insane. Um, so that's what Milo on leather is, is made from. Um, and the benefits of it, it consumes significantly less land and emits fewer uh, greenhouse gases than raising livestock. Um, it's a sustainable alternative to using animal leather, leather or synthetic materials. Um, and then the texture itself, is beneficial it's a foamy mat that can be finished in a variety of patterns and colors and textures it's flexible it's breathable um you know and it's very similar to leather right so um it's cool i mean like we're living we're experiencing in real time like what what true innovation is from a like a natural perspective what what do you think it is about leather um, like why leather versus, you know, bolt threads, I know has, has done a bit on the, uh, the threads side of things, um, right. it, with, with, uh, spider silk. And we, we have a connection to that in a way, 
Utah State has been doing a lot of research, um, it seems like for decades now, on, on spider silk. Yeah. Um, but why, why do you think leather? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I want to say that um, leather is it like, it, it's like luxury, right? Mm-hmm. So leather was primarily, it's, it, you think of it as like a luxury item. You think of like leather bags and, and stuff like that. So leather, you know, but so like, I think that leather came up for like the luxury market and it was catering to a, vi- a very specific market. You know what I mean? But then we started to see like the pleathers of the world come out and like cheaper alternatives made from plastics and the synthetics and stuff like that. And um, leather is durable, right? It's durable. It lasts over time. Um, people trust leather, but we started to see some like really unfortunate versions of it. Um, throughout the years, especially like when we started to see the pleathers of the world where we were just creating more plastic and synthetics to create a fake version of leather to imitate this material. Um, you know, and I, and, and people started, you know, okay. So we're like at luxury and then it becomes more accessible with the cheaper version of it. Um, consumers are interacting with this type of material a little bit more, just, you know, um, like we were talking about earlier, like when you start to interact with things a little bit more, you become curious, you look into it. Um, you know, like people start to learn about the production process and the materials that go into it. Um, you know, and you're like, I want a better alternative as a consumer. I want a better alternative. And, you know, people do the same thing with, um, regular leather where they you know they wanted better options they didn't want animal leather they wanted a some kind of of different option so then we went in the direction of like plastics and synthetics and and now we're pivoting we're like okay well now there's a lot of plastic in the world (laughs) we have to deal with that but we need to come up with a solution for this material that's really popular um among consumers so i does that answer your question? I, th- I that's yeah. that's what yeah. I think. Yeah, I think that's Probably. how it went down. I, I think the idea of like tackling leather is really interesting, especially because we're seeing something similar on like the beef side of things, right? Like you're getting yeah. plant based meats, mm-hmm. and leather, you know, just like down um, is a byproduct, right? In most cases, it's it, or it is a byproduct um, of that process of like getting the meat of the animal. Um, and I, I, I just kind of see this interesting like parallel of, well, as you see the rise of companies like impossible, is it impossible foods, impossible meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Impossible impo- burger, right? impossible. Like if you, as you see <laughs> the rise of those companies, right. Like in theory, like the byproduct, the leather that's going to decrease. Right. Um, and so you need alternatives to leather because, in theory, if these companies that are reducing the amount of byproduct out there continue to grow, you're going to need an alternative to that byproduct as well, mm-hmm. right? I don't know yeah. if you've seen that parallel of the rise of, of you know companies like that, as well as companies like Bolt Threads tackling the mushroom leather side of things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Um, yeah, again, I just, I, I think it comes back to like, 
um, like our lifestyles and like what we're doing and everything else mimics that. Yeah. You know, so it's like, like uh, and we're also just seeing like the resurgence or like we're seeing like a huge rise in like regenerative agriculture and brands are starting to incorporate like regenerative um, like uh, ideologies and like philosophies and programs. They're building that into their business because consumers are savvy. Like they know, they know what regenerative agriculture is and like what the benefits are. So, um, you know, we saw, um, Timberland who linked up with the Savory Institute, um, uh, like Timberland, like they have like the boots, right. So like, that's like leather and they are investing in like regenerative, like agriculture and partnering with the savory institute to really challenge the way that they've been making their products Mm. um and like they're challenging it in a in a new progressive way and and that's what we need to do right now that's what brands need to do right now in order to stay relevant and stay top of mind of of really um you know smart eco-conscious consumers right what what are some of these I mean, do you have any idea what some of these facilities look like? Like a bolt threads? Is this just like a giant underground dark facility with like <laughs> rows of mushrooms? Like you, you talked about like the benefits of like, it takes less land, less yeah. water. Um, like there's so many benefits from like an input side of things, but right. I'm trying to get an, an image for like, what does it look like? What's a mushroom far, farm look like? Yeah. So I haven't gone to a mushroom farm yet, but it's definitely on my bucket list. Um, I don't think it's a dark basement. Um, you know, I think it's, I think it's very, um, lab like, Yeah. you know what I mean? And, and I think like, which is fine, which is okay. Like you said earlier, like you can literally buy a bag and grow mushrooms like on your counter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think in terms of like what the facility looks like, I think it just looks like a lab. And I think we're moving towards like lab made apparel. And I think we're going to continue to do that because, you know, in order to truly reduce our environmental impact and really get a hold on like our waste management, like we need to really challenge our production processes. Um, So we, you know, we're going in the direction of like having more products um, coming from labs. Right. So So I think it's, it's pretty like, future facing in, in terms of like what that looks I don't know what bolt like bolt threads looks like like if you're listening I would love to come check it out but <laughs> that's my assumption is that you know it's very lab like what's interesting about this whole conversation it, it takes all of us to like move the needle like mm-hmm. it takes researchers to like develop the material um, and make it a viable product or like make it viable to to, you know, produce the, the material like on a large scale. And then it takes brands to take the chance and, and use that material in their designs. And then it comes back to us to purchase, um, yeah. like who are, who are the brands? Like who are some of the, 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 um, individuals, brands that have come together and are making this possible? Yeah. Um, great question. So, and, and I also want to say, I agree with you and, and brands need to invest in it. Right. So like we really need brands to, again, really challenge like what we've been doing to date and like um, just take the leap and like take a chance. So, you know, who we're seeing get involved right now, specifically with like mushroom leather um, is Bolt Threads, Adidas, um, designer Stella McCartney, 
Lululemon and Caring, um, they actually established a Milo um, consortium, and which is essentially like an alliance between all of these these brands and then Bolt Threads, like this, um, you know, biotech company, uh, has made an alliance to continue to invest in this, this type of material exploration. Um, and it, you know, it, it, it's like where science meets fashion, which is like a really cool thing that's like happening right now. Like we're able to, um, talk about the science in a way that I don't think we've really ever talked about, like, which is just cool. Like people want to learn and people want to know more information and, you know, with, um, alliances like this Milo consortium, um, it shows us that like heavy hitters can get together and really drive change and invest in that invest in the change um in the change that like we we really want and that like we honestly need for a better future um so that's like specific to mushroom leather but you know we're, we're still seeing like the all birds of the world um come out with like other alternatives for like plant-based leather and, and plant-based materials too so you know there's a lot of, of brands experimenting with plant-based materials right now but you know specific to mushrooms um it's like that milo consortium kind of alliance that's been established right right i i'm curious um like i, I would love to see our students get a hand like hands on the material because like i think that's where the magic starts to happen is like right. you've got to get this innovative material into the hands of like great designers or young designers and let them push it right and push it further and see where it goes it, it seems like that's like it seems like we've got to figure out how to take this from being a novelty to being mainstream. And I think that's kind of, that'll be interesting to see what are the milestones that we need to reach in order for this to become more than just like a, a novelty material. I, I, I hope that's not what happens. I think there's so much opportunity, but do you think there's any fear of that? Like, this is just, okay, this is novel. We're going to, as a brand, use this, like have one product and launch it just because we think it's cool. We think we'll get some good recognition. We'll dip our toe. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you see any brands who are like really diving into it? Um, or are we too, or is it too early to tell? Um, well, like I said, I, I think, I think this like consortium kind of like sets the tone right. in terms of like investment and like what that looks like um, for the future. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I think that uh, in terms of like plant-based materials, like there's a ton of brands who are like making apparel from like oyster shells and, right. and the cactus, the cacti and, and, and stuff like that. So that's, that's happening, you know, in a lot of different spaces, a lot of different places because that material becomes to your point more accessible, mm -hmm. um, you know, but I, I think with the consortium, you know, like they have an alliance and I'm, pr I'm pretty sure that, you know, of course there's going to be patents and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, but like brands are like really like rushing to like come up with the best alternative right. you know, that we can have. Um, but you know, the reason why mushrooms are so exciting and so interesting is that like, they just have, they serve so many different functions and they're so versatile. Um, mm -hmm. Like we're not just seeing mushrooms um, in terms of like product or design. Like we're not just seeing them as material, like we're seeing them as design inspiration. Like 
literally this week, Crocs announced a collaboration with Diplo and, you know, it's a, you know, the classic Crocs silhouette and it's like super psychedelic looking and it's got these like really fun glow in the dark, like mushroom gidgets. I think that's what they're called. Like the little jewels that like go on it. But, um, you know, like, like mushroom, like I said, like mushrooms are, they're kind of popping up everywhere. So it's not just the materials, um, it's the design inspiration. Um, we're seeing like satisfied running, um, put out like an article about like the connection between like sport and, and psychedelics and mushrooms. So we're seeing the connection being made with mushrooms again, across variables. And that just really showcases and celebrates the versatility of mushrooms. So I think, you know, in terms of like the novelty, um, we're again we're living in it right now but like mushrooms aren't going away like they're not going away they're definitely material to watch and you know there's research happening right now that is finding that mushrooms can potentially break down plastics right so like mushrooms are like really just like giving us everything we need on all in every direction um so they're definitely something to keep an eye on and and not be underestimated um, in terms of like our lifestyles, our products, our design inspiration, um, materials, all of that stuff. I, I think they're, um, they're really impactful. They're very versatile and, um, the shroom boom is here to stay. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. Well, and I mean, to your point at the beginning, right. Mushrooms will save the world. I mean, that's the future, right. Is there's an opportunity for them to have an even larger you know, impact, um, and influence on our lives than I previously thought. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, any, I guess, parting thoughts, anything that we missed, um, before maybe we, we wrap up, I, this has been fun just to dive into a material that I'm not super familiar with. Yeah, no, I mean, thank you so much for having me. Like I just, I love geeking out on, on mushrooms in general and I love seeing them, um, be celebrated so much in like all these different markets because, um, they deserve it. And, you know, I hope that people explore, explore them in whatever way that they can, like go to your favorite hiking trail, like see what kind of mushrooms are around. Like, you know, to our, our talking points earlier, like, uh, they're just wonderful. And there's like a mysticism to them and they kind of invite us to, um, imagine a little bit and explore. And, um, I guess that's like my final, my final point, just like, you know, go find some mushrooms and, and see how you feel or like experiment with them a little bit and see, see what it does for you. Well, that's awesome. Our, our farmer's market there, uh, we have a few vendors who are going to start selling mushrooms. They've been growing or oyster mushrooms. So they're going to be selling them here at our market. So I'm going to pick some up hopefully in the next couple of weeks. So, so. good. Good. Um, so I guess just to wrap up, how do people stay in touch with you if they want to learn more about mushrooms or talk mushrooms with a mushroom enthusiast? Yeah. Awesome. I mean, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, my last name is like 13 letters. So I'll spell it for you. Um, so it's Lisa Doherty. It's D O U G H E R T Y. Um, hit me up on LinkedIn. I would love to connect with you there. Um, yeah, I mean, we can get the conversation started there and then we'll take it to email or something like that. Awesome. And bolt threads. If you're listening, let's talk mushroom. Call me. (laughs) (laughs) This has been awesome. Thanks so much for taking time. Thank you, Chase. Yeah. I'll see you soon. Yeah. Good to talk to you too. 
Thanks for listening to the Highlander Podcast. For more conversations with outdoor leaders, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, watch episodes on the Outdoor Product Design and Development YouTube channel, or on opdd.usu.edu slash podcast. Follow along on Instagram at USU Outdoor Product and let us know how you're enjoying the show.